Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU recruitments. Presented by Sooners360.com. Each and every week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting, including offers, evaluations, schedules, opinions, and more. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the 360 Recruiting Podcast. We're not going to talk much recruiting today. We've got most of the 360 team with us here tonight uh, to go over a little bit of spring, a little bit of what's next for the OU football team. We've got a a host of questions. We've got Damian Mackey with us here tonight. We've got Barry Wise with us here tonight. Those two with the Barry and Mac show and Sooners 360. And I'm joined as usual by Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst over at Sooners 360. And Caleb Cummings, a.k.a. Mr. Sooner 55, breaking down film on the board. Just a reminder for everybody, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform of choice. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. And soon to be on YouTube. You guys ready for a little uh, roundtable? Chris, you want to you wanna go ahead and get it. us started? Sure. Okay. So going around the room, going around the, the, the virtual room here. So the kind of first couple of questions will focus on spring, and then we'll talk a little bit about projecting summer and, and what, what else is going on. So which player do you think had the best spring practice overall for the entire sort of three-week time period? improved the most and has solidified themselves as a factor for this fall. So Caleb, I'm going to hit you first. Who do you think? I'm going to, everybody's going to steal this. I think probably all feel the same. Everything you hear is Justin Harrington. I mean, every, you know, kind of, I think what you hear from every, every group that has has seen a practice, uh, the coaches, uh, the word is he's maybe the best defensive player, uh, on you know on the on the entire defense through those 15 practices uh, folks say it sounds like the lights come on and that Sam backer role which I kind of the cheetah <laughs> the attack is just getting worn out uh he seems perfectly fit for it you 63215 close you know maybe you can get close to 220 running 44. Uh, I mean, it's hybrid safety outside linebacker that's kind of modern you know what you look modern day uh you know, football and on defensive side is a lot of hybrids at your second level, and he fits that. So, no, I would be Justin Harrington from all words you hear. Okay, Damien, we're gonna let you go, go, no, go second. So, you just After. let Caleb steal mine, and then I can go. <laughs> That's okay, right. Got it. Well, this <laughs> no is the problem. way we do it. On, this we do on our <laughs> recruiting podcast. I'm always picking last, they're, they're picking my guys. So, you know, 
Uh, listen, a lot of candidates to choose from. Uh, I, Justin Harrington's a very good candidate. By the way, good friend of mine. Uh, we stay in touch. Solid kid. Proud of what he's done, of the, what he's been through. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to talk about Sachuk. I'm going to talk about at the running back position, a young man who last year had a lot of learning to do in terms of the physicality of the game, in terms of really understanding the running back position on down and distance, getting a tough three yards instead of trying to hit a home run. Uh, ball security and competition, I think, are two other things that he was really focused on this offseason. And to see the young man on Saturday show up and show versatility in the pass game, I don't know if people were paying attention, but his fits and pass protection were also uh, very strong. Then, of course, we all know about the explosion. So uh, if, you, if I had to pick a 1B, um, I'm going to pick Sachuk, knowing that guy's word on the street is that he was having such a successful camp, they kind of held him out to give other guys to reps because they knew what he could do. And so to go from a kid who had to get shirted because he didn't have the requisite skills to play D1 football last August and September, to be a kid who, when Barnes comes back, it's no guarantee he's just going to be the lead dog. Solid, solid, solid chance for him to show what he's got. And I think he did a great job of putting himself in position to be a key cog uh, come August. All right, Barry, you gonna you get to go next. Awesome. Since I'm uh, kind of kind of bad third here, I'm gonna throw out one little honorable mention because I don't know if he'll get brought up. And guy transferred back to Oklahoma, and just kind of going back watching the tape, Austin Stogner looked pretty good. It was uh, just watching him run routes. He looked a little more fluid than he did back in the Stogner, Spencer Rattler days. Uh, so a lot to like there. But I'm going to go Tyler Guyton. I, I think number 60 out there has seen probably the biggest physical development, you know, over this last winter into the spring that then he's obviously seen in his career. Uh, being able to turn his frame from what looked like more like a power forward in basketball to a guy who looks like a legitimate offensive tackle, um, seeing his, his trunk get a little stronger, um, seeing his arms kind of thicken up, and just the the ability for him to, to utilize his length in conjunction with really strong footwork, um, a guy who seemed like he's been able to focus on the details a little more and, and sort of separate himself at that position. I mean, in terms of most important players on the offense. I mean, I would have to say he's right up there. You need a guy who's going to be good enough to be a leader. You want your leaders to often be your best players. He's a guy who has, who saw success last year and he had moments, but he did need to make that jump. Everybody knows Harrison was still kind of the guy, uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to be this season. I, I think he made, I think he made a significant enough jump that, and if things go right, he's all conference, you know, fringe, fringe, honorable mention, all American, but for sure, his expectations should be first team, all Big Twelve. All right, Matt, you you get to you get to enter the fray now. Well, Barry cheated and listened to our off the hip podcast from Saturday <laughs> night because Guyton was my guy. So I'll take our Mason Thomas. Uh, you got a guy who played a decent amount as a freshman, was clearly undersized for what they were asking him to do. Uh, I've got the roster up right here. He's listed at 17 pounds heavier than he was last season. And on Saturday, I feel like 
he looked like that 17 pounds didn't make a single difference at all in his speed, his get off, et cetera. I, th- I thought he looked great. Um, maybe the tackle he was going against uh, wasn't, you know, a, a, a big 12, all big 12 type talent, but you beat who's in front of you and that's all that matters. And he did that plenty on Saturday. And I, I know the coaches have some high hopes for him. Uh, true sophomore, you know, he's, he's playing at 239 now. And I think that'll make a huge difference going into the fall with uh, the, the depth at defensive end. Well, those are all good answers. I'm going to steal a recruiting kind of answer. I'm going to say Caden Green. Um, just he took advantage of all the reps that were out there because all the players were hurt. He came in in great shape. He had a great winter conditioning. And then he just he took it further and played played a really solid spring. So I think when you move him inside, he might be a threat to start. So, all right. So I'm going to flip this around a little bit. Who do you think did not step up this spring, perhaps hurting themselves on the depth chart and their potential impact this fall? And I slip first. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. After what I just, after the abuse I just got. So Damien, you get to go first. It's all clear. You have the entire roster. Ah, uh, listen, there's a couple easy answers. And I'm a Sooner, so I'm going to be an asshole and say the truth. The truth is a young man who has a high ceiling, who physically carries all the tools. He should be kicking ass. He's built like Tarzan. And as far as I can see, he don't even want to compete no more. And 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 I don't want to say that as a jerk, but let's just keep it real. Like, Reggie Grimes, we're looking. Where are you? Where are you? Do, 13 do you... defensive end with the back with the walk-ons. That's <laughs> Hey. I, I just call how I see it. It doesn't seem to me like you have any fervor, like you have any urgency to even compete. Uh, and this is with Trace Ford on limited snaps. This is like you said, our Mason Thomas is coming. Our Mason Thomas is coming up. We got the puppy who's we're going to start calling him the Gila monster, right? PJ looks like a Gila monster with the tools he has. <laughs> Grimes wants to sit on the sidelines and, you know, saying shoot the shit with Mackey. I'm good. I, you know, when I have my opportunity to play, I took advantage of it. I hope he really does some soul searching this summer. And, and gets himself back because he deserves to be a guy who could potentially play in the NFL. And right now, I don't even think he's in the 3D. So portal, portal, portal alert is got some, that's a guy who I say, you know, that might be something he considers. Um, obviously we've got a couple of days for this quick, uh, you know, rendition of it, but something that he might attempt to do over the summer. He's a guy that should be quality death at minimum. And I don't know if he's in the 3D right now. All right, Barry, you get to go next. I'm mixing it up here. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I'm going to stay offensive line and I think I'm going to go Aaron Parks. You know, it's that there's a, a modge podge. You, of, you just stole Caleb's answer, by the way. I can. I, oh, no. No, I just always liked the kid and he didn't. He, uh, yeah. Some of the stuff you watched, I just, it's like, it like breaks my heart every time I watch him not, not just kill it because I want him to for him so badly. Man, that was going to be my yeah. answer too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not even that it's necessarily bad. It's just not Oklahoma good. It's just the I, I think he has a chance to go somewhere and and probably play and contribute. But for what OU wants to be, which is a win Big Twelve championships, get to a college football playoff, he hasn't shown that he is that guy who is going to be a key cog along the line. It's. The physical development kind of seems to be there, but then 
All of a sudden you look up and you see other guys who have sort of passed him or gone beyond that. There was a few kind of good looking youngsters out there um, this, this last Saturday, but it's tough to see someone who I think probably had the goods to, to get it done. Right. But you look at him compared to like a, a Savion bird and just the, the attitude in which they approach the game and, and how they approach, you know, the, the each and every play. Right. And then Savion obviously has his, has his flaws, but that the, there is just that there's something missing there that that's kept him from really seeing the ability to contribute. Like I, I think most Sooner fans thought he would be able to. All right. Well, Caleb, you get to go next. Parks is such a good answer. It's, I think we forget he was, he was ranked in front of Anton Harrison coming out like by everybody good, by a good margin by a good margin Harrison, yeah. Harrison and, was the fifth guy in that the fourth guy in that class yeah you know Parks at all of those camps he was the only guy at the like that elite camp the only offensive lineman that won multiple reps against Brian Breesey. uh I just you know I thought if all the guys you know got the ability it seemed like he has the mindset of wanting to be great I just don't know if when he's out there something's not clicking and he's not moving his feet you know, he's not finishing, but uh, I'll stick on the offensive line. I'll go Nate Anderson. Uh, Where was you know, he, right? I mean, well, it, it, well, you watch, and it was when he was in at center, you know, uh, there's just like a, a, a passivity to how he plays and a, a softness. He's catching, getting pushed back. He's not anchoring. Uh, it's almost like he's, you know, he's really position blocking. Like, hey, if I'm in front of you, I've, maybe I've done my job. And the other thing is, during the off season, during the during the winter, uh, you know, uh, portal period, Oklahoma really went really hard at the UCF center uh, that hit the portal. And then as soon as the App State center hit the portal, they've got him into the spring game for a visit. You know, so I mean, <laughs> it's it's like, hey, they they you know, Miami was able to get the UCF kid, uh, so Parks got got that spring. Uh, doesn't look like it, like it, like he's going to be that guy. And then you know, the next best center hits the portal, and Oklahoma immediately makes an offer and gets him in for a visit, and is trying their damnedest to get him to be a part of uh, you know this 2023 team. So yeah, Nate Anderson would be, you know, which is a, another was a really highly ranked offensive lineman from, from that. Was it 2020 recruiting class? Yeah. Okay. Matt, you get to, you get to, you and I are pulling up the the rear here in the, in our picks. Who have you got? Man, I, I kind of hate to bag on this guy because uh, we've heard recently that they think he might be turning the corner a little bit, but when the lights came on on Saturday, it was a little disappointing. It was a little bit more of the same. Wide receiver Jaden Gibson out of Florida, second-year player. You know, we've heard that focus might be an issue with him a little bit. He obviously has all the talent in the world, but I think he just hasn't made that step yet. And again, th there's still some time for him. We have a, a full summer, a full fall. Hopefully he sticks around for that. We've got a new wide receiver coach for him, so things could still come together, but I did not see a huge jump in his game that I might have been expecting. Maybe that was too much for, for his second spring on campus, but you know, he's got all the talent in the world again, so we, we're hoping he can get to that level. I just haven't seen it yet. All right, I'm going to go with three players. I'm going to group in the can't make the club from the tub um, you know, your, your best ability is availability. 
And I'm going to hit the mash ward of J.J. Hester, Kenne Walker, and Marcus Major. Three guys who all should have been on the field making plays and could seriously boost all three positions that they are. They're now, I don't know where they are on the depth chart. Kenne Walker's behind Wagner, Harmon, Vickers, Gentry Williams, and Woody Washington. We know Marcus Major's buried behind a bunch of folks. I know, I know they love the guy. We all see him on the field when he can play. And then JJ Hester is back in back in some kind of precautionary boot. And we we and that just just like falls. So that's my availability is your best ability uh group of players. How about a fourth one real quick to throw in that group? Kelvin Gilliam. Yeah, but that's his first time, right? That's his that's his first real surgery injury, right? These other guys have this is their second. They weren't available in fall or spring for like nagging stuff, right? Yeah, no, can I walker is it sticks out because like you just ran down the list and it's uh you know those fr- those freshman corners are are I mean are coming. I, yeah. When I watch Wagner, he's you know, you can see it. Even on that ball that uh DJ Graham caught, you know. I mean, Wagner is, I mean, all over him, stride for stride. Like he, you know, wasn't even sweating to to open up and you know run run with him. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be a player. So it, it seems like Kanai's got a tall task to to jump those guys. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around the list here since we've got only I think got Barry for about you know maybe 15 more minutes. So based upon spring, the team roster and everything. I'm going to give you 40 pounds of strength and conditioning improvement to spread around the team this summer. You can use it on one player or 10. Tell me how you're going to mathematically portion out this, this, these weights. You've got only 40 pounds. So I'm going to limit you to that. So, so if, if I, if I told you, you can, Oh, you can only have 40 pounds of improvement this summer. Where are you going to use it? And, so Barry, you're our strength and conditioning guru. I'm going to let you go first. You have 40 pounds of improvement to spread around the team. Positive improvement. If you need to use some negative improvement, that inf- impacts your total too. But I think losing weight isn't such a big deal right now. I could as maybe adding some weight for some guys. So you've got 40 pounds. How are you using that? That might be the easiest question that that you've asked me. And and where did this team? really need some some serious game changers last year I mean I I guess linebacker is obviously the key but at the end of the day you got to put 20 on Grayson and you got to put 20 on PJ you put 20 on those two I I I think I think you change the game I I I think um I don't think it's going to happen um but I think along the development side with them wanting Grayson to essentially maybe be a little more inside. I think it might be necessary. Um, and, and I think from what he showed in the spring game, I liked a lot of what he did. Um, and as far as PJ, he's just got to keep developing, but man, that, that's where I would go. There's probably other places to spread it around, but if you improve that defensive line and you get some of those youngsters caught up um, on the physical development side that have the raw talent, I think you, I think you change some of the defense. 
Can, right, we, can we get Kip Lewis? Can we get Kip Lewis? And whoa, you can you put right, ten pounds right, on Kip. Right. Right. That's a really ten pounds on Kip. That's a you great answer. Let, let, let Damien, let D Mac oh, nice because oh, he just crushed it. All right, hey, you, <laughs> hey, you do that. You do the nerf. I'm like, oh, he's throwing alley oop. He was like, yeah, the second, but the linebacker. But I'm like, oh, he he already knows. Kip. Oh, All right. Grace, now come oh, on, man. man. All right, so you took so, so D Mac. Kip is a good one. So 10 yeah, let's, let's go like 12. Let's go 12 on PJ so he can naturally grow into his weight. I don't right, want to make so, too much weight right. too fast. So that's let's 22. Go about, you, got, you got 18 left. Nah, I only use 12. Well, you're not gonna put you're not gonna put on any on Kip. I'm I'm gonna go to Kip last. I got oh okay, go all right, all right. So you got 20, yeah, you got 28 more left. Than 10. <laughs> Kip more than 10. <laughs> so give me 12 with PJ. That way he's a freshman, he'll hit right. too much, right? We want to keep the explosion. Give me about nine with Grayson. Guys, listen, Grayson is a little underweight and, and all of it to the lower half. He, he needs to get thicker through the lower half so he can hold up. Uh, chest, he's got a barrel chest. He's going to be all right. He's got short arms, so he, you know, tackle, whatever. Uh, but what is that? If I do 12 and that's 21, I need nine. Listen, Kip Lewis, they say, could be the best backer on the team if the kid puts weight on. We, we need those. We need those in the Big 12 where there's a lot of, right, put you in space and play ball. Guys, I mean, I don't believe he's a 4-4. That's what they say. If they say he's a 4-4, even if he's a 4-6-0, he's hauling ass. He's hauling ass with that frame. He was flying around on Saturday. I mean, that was, oh, that was, that was clear. Yeah, so give me three guys. I'm, I'm a, I'll, 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 I'll buy, uh, I'll buy uh, a, a Grayson and I'll buy PJ. I might even cut PJ down to like nine instead of 12 and give three to Wags so Wags can be a starter. All right. Caleb, just like just say where and you can't use it all on well, you can use it all on the offensive line, but other than oh. putting putting 40 pounds on Savvy on Bird, I'm not sure what you would do. So you got 40 <laughs> pounds left, 40 pounds. You you can bear a little wetzel on it, it's fine, but how are you using your weight? Okay. So I mean, I'm I just kind of ditto to what, what D-Max said. Because uh, I, I think the same thing about Kip. I think if Kip was running around at 223, just jacked up, like rocked up 223, he's he's everything we always – like nothing no, – remember what Brian Osama was the back half of his last year when it's like he kind of got it, like that Baylor game where he's running around yeah. lighting folks up. Like what, you know, he's he doing was, in, what he's doing in the NFL, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. Because Osama was a guy that played a lot of running back in – Asimo, in high school, Asimo. When I say whatever, what I whatever I say, you were, you were uh, combining our ex-president and a and a terrorist leader there for a second. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yikes, man! Oh it, it went dark. Uh, that was no. strong. So yeah, uh, yeah. Put on. Uh, similar though, right? In terms of just how he ran around, like a run and hit linebacker. All right, so you're but, giving him but, 20, 20? No, nah, I, I want to go different, right? So I, just right. to just for the sake of like you know, being a little bit different. So I would, I want to go, I'll keep it pretty basic in that sense. I'm going to go uh, 15 on, on bird. Cause he's what 284, something around there. So yep, we're going to get yep. him around 300 pounds. Right. So go, go 15 there. Give me, uh, give me 10. Well, no. Yeah. Give me 10 on Pete. Well, yep, so we already went PJ. Give me, <laughs> give me 20. On Jacob Lacey, he's listed at 272. That puts him at 292. Now you've got a guy running around around 290 pounds. Uh, he could contribute there. He needs he needs to to get after it to be to be that guy. Uh, oh gosh, the last how how much do I have left? Uh, I don't know. I can't like count. Five. You've got like five left. 
five pounds. Oh shit. All right. So give me, give me, uh, give me five pounds on, on Damon Harmon. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to kind of continue to contribute. Right. I think right. he's a really good fit with what a lot of uh, the, a lot of the zone stuff Oklahoma does. He's, you know, he's a savvy kid. Uh, got some experience. He was, he, he was a good corner in high school. So give him a little bit extra and you've got yourself. Uh, he'll already contribute. He's already going to play some. He, I think he showed that last year that he's proved he has value and he'll fight, but give him a little bit extra and, and, you know, he's, he's that much better. All right, Matt, how are you, how are you, how are you as putting 40 pounds on this roster? I'm going to try to find a couple guys that haven't been brought up just so we can spread that 40 pounds of Whataburger around. <laughs> I think some DBs um, we haven't brought up. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of them maybe you know, similar to what you're saying, Caleb, about Josiah Wagner, why not, you know, see, he's listed at 191. How about you round up Peyton Bowen to 200? Oh, absolutely. And he's he's making an impact. We're already expecting him to make an impact his true freshman season. So pack on nine pounds on him on the back end. He'll be running around with Pearson and, and Bow, uh, Bowman and all them. So I'll do nine there. I'm going to do about 21 on Caden Helms. Yeah. We need a, a second tight end to step up. We're waiting on McIntyre to arrive, but Caden Helms is kind of that wide receiver like body. Um, I think if you add, he's listed at 231 right now. So give me, uh, give me that weight added to him. And what am I left with? 10? 10. Yep. Hmm. This is tough. You guys have pretty much taken all the guys. It's a fast kid from Tulsa. Oh, uh, how about well, how about I, I throw it on uh Jonah Laulu? Ah, damn it. That's what I was going. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's mm. we're expecting him to to move inside, right, and make a difference. And somebody's got to step up there. So he's at 277. D Mac, you probably have a, a better updated weight for him, but if you can get him into that 290, 295 range at 6'5, I think uh I think that's where I'm I'm throwing it. All right. So you took Jonah Lialu. Okay, all right. So I'm putting 10 pounds on Ashton Sanders because I think the kid, the kid's gonna be a player. He's gonna move. He's moving up. The guys in front of him better watch out. He's moving up. He's got a little bit of that. He's got a little bit of that burst. The 10 pounds to Ashton Sanders. I think you add 12 pounds to Kip Lewis at 215. He can be a third down will linebacker, third linebacker on the field to help us in space. So that's leaves me with 18 left. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I like the, the Caden Helms answer was good, but um, I'm going to go ahead and put, you guys saw all the good answers. If I'm going last sucks. Uh, Nobody took Gentry. Well, I don't think Gentry, as Gentry, I think Gentry's fine where he is, but um, I guess I'll put 10 pounds on Gentry, Gentry Williams. You don't want him up at 183? Is he 170 right now? Is he lower? He's listed like 178. Whatever the listing is, is wrong. Not all right, all right. He's, not on a, all right. he's not on a program improvement for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take, I'll take that back since DMAC gave me the, give me the, gave me the, the, the real noise on that. So uh, I think I'd like to see, I'd like to see seven pounds on uh, R. Mason Thomas. Yeah. That gives me, about 10 left. I think R. Mason at 245 is a is an all every down threat, just 
in the backfield all day. And then I'm going to go ahead and give my um, final 10 pounds to PJ, to PJ. I want my, I want my two young pass rushing ends around 245, 250. Every down player is attacking. I've got a quick one that no one mentioned, and he might not need it. It might not matter. We're hearing he might be the best receiver on the team. What about Gavin Freeman? Just a couple more pounds, get him up to 180. He's going to be taking weight. a beating in the slot. <laughs> Y'all love weight. Listen, football is a speed game now. Like, true. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah, they're not really solving for how much you weigh as much as they're solving for. Can you can you not get touched and get away from contact? So, I, yeah. I mean, if he loses his burst because he got them pounds, we're going to fight. That kid is he's, – He's rocked up. Football. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay so. Hey, I, I, I want to go back. Hold on. Now that I know it's realistic, I want to go back and give you what I think it will be and who really needs it. And I'm going to go real quick. All right. Because I was able to, because uh, I, I gave you PJ and Grayson, perfect world scenario by the end of them being at OU, probably where they'll likely be at, be close to. If we want realistic, I'm going to try and track this here. Grayson, probably going to put on. If he can get seven more, he'll be in good shape. Josiah, right. he probably needs about 13 pounds. He, he needs to be closer to like 180, 185 to, if he wants to really hang and be able to press guys. The other one I had there, Gavin Freeman is not bad, but I would go. I think R. Mason Thomas probably still needs another five to six pounds, but we won't even include him on there on this one. Had one more guy here. 1320. And Macari Vickers. I, I think he probably needs to be the player that he's going to potentially be. Probably 10 to 15 more. He looked a little lean out there, but I think realistically. Most of those DBs, I think, are going to put on about five to six pounds in the summer. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be about I, – I would say you could probably run that across the board with your defensive backs, especially with just how lean a lot of them are. I mean, if they, if they get to eating right and, and doing what they're supposed to, um, I, I think your defensive back unit come fall, right? Because we got to think all these young DBs, which is where OU stockpiled in the recruiting class, all of these young DBs, you're spending that first spring just learning the ropes, learning the pace, learning how to do what they want you to do. You don't even know what to even buy into yet, right? You are so green and so new. Summer, yes, it's still new, but there's a comfort level of, okay, I did this in spring. This didn't work out. I wasn't eating enough here. Okay, we need to adjust this here. Um, okay, I didn't feel good when I did this, so let me make that that tweak. And these guys are so in tune with that. So I think across the board, you probably see a good anywhere from two to seven pounds on just about every young defensive back on that roster. All right. So th there's my more educated, realistic response. All right. So guys, A through F, give me a grade on the transfer class and the early enrollees freshman class. So Caleb, so Matt, you get to go first since you've been going last with me through, the, through this entire thing. So give me a grade on the transfer class and the freshman class as we've seen it so far. Man, I'll, I'll do freshman class first. 
And I, I think with what we expect in the fall, you know, a minus at the, at the baseline, you know, Bowen in the back end, he's, he's doing some things. We saw that pick in the spring game. Um, you know, we think Jackson Arnold's going to get some playing time this, this fall. Uh, I think, I think that class, Josiah Wagner kind of surprising people. He might be pushing for some starting reps. You know, if, if you can get three guys already and you're not even talking about PJ yet, um, making a big impact this fall. I mean, I think that's a big win, uh, portal wise. Uh, it, it, I'd say at least a B plus. I think there were still some holes. They're still trying to get uh, an offensive lineman or two. I think they would have liked to get a little bit better at defensive tackle, um, but otherwise, Ford might start. Bothroyd looks like he's going to be a stalwart out there. Uh, I, I think they they picked up some good pieces. Okay, Damien, what do you think? Portal class and then freshman class. Yeah, freshman class is an easy A. Uh, he named guys. He didn't even bring up Green, right? Yep. So you're talking about Peyton potentially starting. We're talking about Jackson is, is by far the most talented quarterback. Uh, and let me say this. Twitter and all these communities, like, li- like listen, guys, they, they play the game between the white lines. You're not blind. We're not blind, right? Like Oklahoma had its first losing season since Bob got here and, and DJ or DG was our QB. Guess what? We expect better. So to be seeking and, 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 you know, looking for the pup to see what his potential is and then for him to deliver. Would you guys not expect us to play a five-star if the quarterback we saw last year is a legit three-star? Is Oklahoma okay with the three-star talent on Saturday? I'm not. So, you know, get your feelings out. And listen, the coaches aren't dumb. They're not going to, like, just throw the kid out there, you know what I'm saying, like a flappity-flip fish. But don't don't get it twisted. They're going to get him prepared to play ball. So Jackson is 100% in that conversation to be the starter sometime in the season if, if, if DG doesn't deliver. Right. We all heard the rumors that he might even leave. Like, think about it. The kid came in and there were rumors that DG wanted to transfer. So, of course, the coaches know what they've got. So we got to include him. Jackson's in there. PB is in there. Right. Wags is in there. I mean, by the way, Lewis Carter ain't even here. I don't care what nobody say. He in my list, even though he didn't early enroll. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> I think he's the most talented linebacker we've had in years. And he's a high school kid just watching the way he moves and, and, and the things that he's done. So, so, so the freshman class is an A. Obviously, that that is you know based upon what we look like in spring. It's a level up when you play on Saturdays. The portal, uh, we've got some depth in there. Rouse is banged up a little bit, but he's a guy he, who immediately came in and showed that he was going to be a value add. He's uh, like a starter. He's a starter. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Bob Floyd again is a guy who they are extremely starter. excited about him starter. to just be. He's a guy who's going to bring it. I was telling, like on on our pod, we talked about. He's a guy on third and seven. We're not going to have quarterbacks just standing still like a statue for four seconds with no pressure. He's going to get an angle and, you know, half a man on his guy and be able to get the QB off the spot, which helps us tremendously. Um, But it's probably a B, right? Nothing. We don't have a game breaker. We got some great depth and some some guys who are going to be extreme valuable. And I think the biggest thing we did, and this this is thematic for Coach BV, he brought quality competition and depth in practice, which means guys who we aren't even thinking about are going to get better. You got to get better because if not, you're going to sit your ass on the bench. Ask Reggie Brown. All right. Uh, Barry, right. I think you're getting ready to head out. So go ahead and give us a grade. 
Yeah, oh, great. just about, but but I'm glad great. I got to yeah, I'm glad I got to sit around for this one. Um kind of echoing what everybody else said. When it came to the recruiting class, I think it's an A, a not even an A minus. You know, you, when you have one of the better recruiting classes in, in, you know, not just recent memory, but like since Stoops took over, like that, that is, that is a big deal, especially when your talent is on the defensive side of the ball, the amount of players, I think this is what's striking the amount of just raw genetic ability from the, from the influx of freshman athletes onto the roster particularly at defensive back where those height speed weights are all a little bit closer, you know, in terms of the guys who are currently on the roster, upperclassmen and the guys coming in, there's not as big of a disparity, right? Cause there's not as much mass to gain or, or, or footwork to develop. So when those things are tight, if you have a guy like Wagner come in, who is economical with this movement, he has good feet, has really good burst plays with good instincts, uh, pretty physical. When you have that, you're going to have a serious competition at, at, at those positions. On the transfer side, I'm going to go like C plus B minus range only because I actually think the talent brought in was good. But OU needed a game breaker at receiver. And OU, I think, needed one more guy at linebacker. And it seemed like they were, seemed like that that was the direction they were wanting to go. And then there were names out there. Obviously, we know by now that they brought in Brennan Thompson, but I don't think that was even the level of guy they wanted. I mean, in terms of the actual talent on the field, I think it's a solid B, B plus. I think guys like Lacey, you know, Ford is an upgrade, but Bothroy is going to be very consistent. Um, I, I think they did what they needed to do, but there is a there is a level of athlete that high level Oklahoma teams have, and you know, PJ is that, or at least has the potential to be that. He looks like a guy you could have thrown on a 2000 Stoops team, or you know, the, back in the day, and he would have fit right in. Right. But as me and Damien talked on the podcast, you would have thrown him in there and he would have been a guy. Right. He would have said, "Okay, gear of development for this guy. He doesn't need to contribute right away. Right. Maybe we'll work him in late in the season. Maybe he'll get an opportunity. But we're not in a rush. I mean, you you have to say that OU is in a rush for him to develop. They need him for depth. They need him to be a game changer. So, yeah, I'd go freshman class. That's easy. A portal class. In terms of what they needed to accomplish, C, C plus, but the overall talent, I'd give them a B. We'll go B. All right, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, so freshman class would probably be an A to almost an A plus for me in three reasons why, as to why I'd put that kind of in a thesis is two positions. So I guess let's go three reasons. One, over the last 20 years, Oklahoma signed what, one? five-star defensive end that's kind of been a, a, a position in particular when you look at uh you know high draft picks kind of that have played defensive end in oklahoma over the last what let's let's call it 32 years is it like first two rounds is it cedric jones and dan cody like is that it like two guys that have played defensive end that are that are there 
So that's one. The second one, you know, Peyton Bowen, uh, a five-star safety for the DFW. I think we've watched LSU and, and, and Ohio State and Texas and those programs take those guys for 20-plus years. Jamal yeah. Adams, Jeff Akuda, yeah. just All the, of, the list right? goes on and on. Oklahoma has not signed those guys. And to, so to do both of those, and then the third reason is, I think everybody knew it, right? Remember Coach Switzer saying on, on, on that game day when, when Lincoln was still there, he bragged him up and said, hey, as long as Lincoln Riley's here, we're going to bring in the best quarterback talent in the country, and we're going to have amazing quarterback play because of that, because the talent he brings in. When he left, I think everybody probably was like, oh, no, is that walking out the door? That's been the one saving grace we've had, like – Everything else has been whatever it's been, but that's been like that Superman that saved us. So to go out and sign the Gatorade player of the year, maybe arguably the top quarterback in the country uh, in in this class, like that gives me an A to an A plus. As far as the, the, the transfer class, I'm somewhat, uh, I kind of almost want to go with Barry and and call it uh, a potential like C just in that, I think there were one, two small like misses here and there where, hey, the UCF center, uh, you know, maybe a, a higher end defensive tackle that they could get in that you knew was going to come in and start for you day one and make you better. You'd want that. But at the same time, they went and got a left tackle that if he plays up to just his ability is going to be a second round pick. Right. They went and they got a Desan McCullough. It's probably going to start at one year linebacker spots and has the potential to be, you know, all conference. You went and got a starting tight end that's going to be really good. You went and got two starting defensive ends in Trace Ford and uh, Bothroyd. You went and got a safety that Oklahoma hasn't had in a while. And I think one of the small little things with BV's defense, it's built on stopping the run and super aggressive safety play coming downhill. Kind of two pieces, right? You've got to stop the run. Safeties are aggressive coming downhill. And once you stop the run, you've got to be able to heat up the quarterback. Like you've got to, when you look at where his defenses have struggled, whether Oklahoma or Clemson, the reason why is because, you know, struggling some run fits, people can run the ball on like Ohio state did in that, in that one semifinal or, and when that happens, you know, they're, they're having to, you know, go to exotic blitzes and try to heat them up. So the fact that they went out and, and they got three guys, because they include PJ, right, that can heat up the quarterback. You got a safety in Reggie Pearson that I think solves some of that, those misfits we saw from, um, you know, God bless him, Justin Broyles, right? Just free runner and we miss. Uh, man, it's hard not to give that at least a solid B. And then I go back to, and I harp on this way too much, but I think from a just a fit perspective as it relates to the receivers they got. I don't know that Thompson, I don't know if he'll give you anything. Maybe he gives you 300 yards. Maybe he gives you 60. I don't know. Uh, but he and Andrew Anthony both give you two guys that are sub are four, four to sub four, four in a, in a, in a passing game that is completely built on being able to stretch the ball vertically and win one-on-one. So, you know, at least these two guys, like as a pass rusher, right? Hey, Give me one really good skill, one move, whether it's speed or power, whatever, right? And I'll I can build something off of that. At least with Anthony and, and Thompson, you've got two guys that can win with speed, and that's something they didn't have. So I, I would give it a solid B. Okay, well I'm the recruiting guru guy, so I, I got to give the, the the freshman class an A plus. All the names you guys mentioned, plus Caleb Hicks looks much better than his recruiting rankings, and Dalen Smothers. 
again, I think if Dalen Smothers had had a senior year, we're talking like a top 50 player in the nation. Um, and then obviously, you know, Wags, Makari, Hayden Green, and our five stars look like five stars, right? Like we brought in five-star guys and not to, not to bag on Buki because he did what he could do, but he was like a top 20 player in the nation. But you view his impact versus what we've seen from PJ or Bowen, and it's just, it's not the same. So the three five-star kids look like five-star difference makers. The other kids look good. On the portal, I think you guys have all made great comments. So one thing I would add is if I could give Brent a grade for bringing in some leadership and toughness for the defense, I think I would probably give him like a B plus in that area. Because, I, you know, hearing Reggie break down plays on our Twitter space the other day, you know, Reggie knows, it's clear, Reggie knows safety play. And that kid's physical. You add him to Bowen. And I just kind of feel like I made this comment before that, you know, we got some, we got some bull elephants to teach our young bulls. We got some senior bull elephants to teach our young bulls how to be guys, right? Bothroyd and, and Ford to mentor RMT and PJ. We got Ford to, to mentor, sorry, we got um Lacey to help Sanders and Sears and some of those other guys be defensive tackles and so we got some guys to help on the defense in terms of that leadership toughness piece that we're, we're kind of always referencing. So I think I'd give Brent a grade there. I do wish there was a, we'd signed a, uh, an elite wide receiver who put up 1200 yards last year, like the law tech kid we missed just by a, by a, by a hair at some point. So I think that's where we are, but the recruit, yeah, that's, that's where we, we got caught a little bit there. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. So, so to end this on a, to end this kind of on a high note, guys, one last question for you all. What's your, based on what we know right now, we know that they got Brandon Thompson added, so maybe there's some more speed. We don't know anything else about the portal. Um, we know freshmen are arriving. We're pretty sure all those guys are going to arrive. Based upon right now what you know today, what's your Sooner record for 2023? And I'll start with Damien. We don't win 10 games. I quit, and I don't quit. <laughs> I mean, listen, what, what are we talking about, right? Like, it's, not, it's an easy schedule. It's a soft schedule we, we, based upon we what we've seen. We go into a very uh, advantageous schedule with us ramping up to go up a level in conference play. We have we, – we addressed a lot of our holes, and the holes we didn't address are going to be areas where teams are breaking in new quarterbacks or breaking in – Right. Like like there's new people coming that are, are unproven, which means, you know, our guys should have some level of comfortability and confidence. The minimum is 10 wins. Listen, I, I, I don't I don't see a loss on the schedule. And I, I know that sounds crazy. We, we went six and seven. We lost a lot of close games. Things got to break our way. And, and the people who know me know I'm not a sunshine and daffodils kind of guy. I'm not a unicorn and rainbows kind of guy. But like when you look at the schedule and you break it down game by game, the only team who have equal talent as us is Texas, and we old asses. I saw, by the way, I saw what Buddy posted on Twitter the other day talking about Brennan Thompson. Thompson, bet, got it, bro. We'll see who got the, the you know, who going to get their ass kicked second Saturday and Saturday, or second Saturday in October this year. So 10 years is the, I mean, 10 games is the minimum. If you ask me personally, I just don't see like a bona fide loss on the schedule. Going to BYU in November is going to trip you up with bad weather. You know, seeing a Cincinnati team with we we've traditionally seen their physical, but they got a new program going now. Um, 
TCU lost their guy. Baylor has some turnover. Iowa State lost a lot of the guys that were their bread and butter. Their team. Well, and we, and we don't play Baylor. You're right. We don't, and we don't play K State. Hallelujah! Right. That's or, a, that's or, a, or Tech. Uh, we, that's we, a guaranteed loss. The two, two of the Big Twelve teams in like the top thirty power ranking by a guy the other day. We don't play. We don't play. I've got, a, until, I've, got a, I've got a conspiracy theory to that. Screw Tech. Tech can kiss my ass. <laughs> but we don't got to play K State. They've been kicking our ass in the fair and square. Well, they they think like the you used to, I used to think Bill Schneider had like hypnosis. Oh, you know, I pre, had, all the time. had like had like you know like the like a like a spy like he had a hypnotic suggestion that he just you know at pregame he tell Mike Stoops like you know you know for similitude and all of a sudden Mike would be like ah and, nah and, he didn't do that his teams were just tough as nails let me just yeah. tell you they hit you in the nets every big play. Yeah. They play a little dirty. They play real hard. They play through the whistle. But we don't play them. The ball. So I know. All right. So that's good right. for us because we could have lost to them. That's good for us. Ten <laughs> wins Caleb, minimum. What's your ten wins minimum? And and I, I I don't see a loss. I don't think I'm never going to say we lose to Texas. Texas can kiss my ass twice. So, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> there's that. All right, Caleb. What are you going with? No man, I feel the exact same as DMac. I so I would you go like Texas to me and. You know, he could probably he probably slap me if he could get through this Zoom. Is is a is a coin toss, right? Just because the emotion they do have talent, they can match that up. So I don't know on that one. But like, let's just run down the schedule really quick. So Arkansas State, then you've got SMU with they lost their quarterback, a bunch of different transfers. I'm looking at Preston Stone's stats. So the guy that who was a big time recruit, fifty six point four career completion percentage, two touchdowns, one pick. Like not, you know, I, I would, I would be blown away if he went into Norman, like his first road start in college ever and just lit up OU. Then you go to Tulsa again, new staff, bunch of new players, Cincinnati, new staff, ton of new players. I mean, their best players, even as of a couple of weeks ago, just like the one good defender they had left transferred out, wish he'd come to Oklahoma, but he's probably going to go to Wisconsin. Their quarterback just left too. Yeah. Yeah. Starting quarterback last year, just bolted. Uh, Iowa state, right. Iowa state just lost the the one explosive guy they had in Hutchinson at receiver. And then a, a first round draft pick and defensive end, uh, my, kids names like will mcdonald you know, will mcdonald right and then they weren't they were not great last year and you get them in norman you got texas ucf right again ton of turnover some of their best players transferred out i know they've got some transfers in kansas you know at kansas maybe that's a tough game but yeah i mean they've had a crazy amount of turnover at oklahoma state nobody's had more transfers out of that program than that school. I think they're starting what was Michigan's like third or fourth string quarterback that used to be the third string quarterback at Tech now. Uh, you know, then you, then you get West Virginia at home. Uh, BYU, I, I know that's like a scary one. To me, it's like that, I can't remember what that movie is, you know, where the guy's in prison and, you know, he smacks somebody upside the head in, in, in the lunchroom. He says, you guys understand, you're locked in here with me. Like I'm not locked in here with you. That's what I feel about playing BYU late in the season. It's like, you know, yeah, they are all, you know, 32 years old with four kids and a mortgage, but they've also <laughs> never, they've never played a schedule that consistent. We look at their schedules. It's yeah. two, three cupcakes, and then they'll play a really good team, two or three cupcakes. Then they play a really good team. They've always built it where they can get up for these games. They're going to be getting OU after going like against tech, Texas, Kansas state, all these like back to back to back 
So, you know, and, and then same thing, you get TCU late and, you know, breaking a new offensive coordinator, we'll have a good offense. It's Kendall Bryles, but new quarterback, a uh, bunch of new receivers. I mean, Hudson's gone, Quentin, Quentin Johnson's gone. A uh, bunch of those guys graduated from that defense and you get to revenge game in Norman, uh, you know, Kids are young, you know, you know, girlfriend breaks up with you, you can lose concentration, whatever that is. But uh, I just, I, to me, uh, 10, 10 wins is, is almost a basement on that. You know, I, I would just expect this right, team. Me. All right. Off, off, off the fence. Give me a final record. 11 and one. All right, Matt. Wow. It's, it's hard to disagree with that, but I mean, you just spelled it out game by game. These teams on our, our our schedule lost a lot. Now, I think before this conversation, I would have said nine and three would definitely be the floor for me. And if you gave me the over-under of nine and a half, it'd probably be difficult for me to pick a side. But, you know, you guys just ran through it. I, I think 10 wins should be the minimum. And I'm also wondering... If your guys' answer is the same, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Hey, don't don't muddle the waters too much. Just you know, so. it has to be because <laughs> OU has to make a decision. It has to be. Yeah, if yeah. DG ain't okay. getting it done, we got another option. It has to be. Yeah. So right. I, I'm gonna go 10 and 2. You never know. It's it's still kind of a young team. Um there's gonna be a slip up somewhere. Texas is going to be a dogfight as it always is, but we have a lot to play for in that game. And DMAC, as you said, they can kiss our ass twice. I'm going to say 10 and two, just I'm not going to predict 11 and one with uh, then, then we're talking playoffs there, but maybe we're not quite ready for that. BV might not quite be ready for that. Would I be surprised? No, but I'm going to go 10 and two. All right, well, I'm going to end this on a super high. I'm the hopium recruiting. Five stars be five stars. Guys make difference, guy. I look at our schedule. I look at Jackson Arnold in spring. I'm going Jackson Arnold takes over game four, and we go 12-0. and 0. <laughs> PJ and all the happily PJ, ever after. And PJ Adewore <laughs> is your freshman defensive player of the year. Bothroyd or Dasan split co-defensive newcomer of the year. And Stutz is your old Big 12 defensive player of the year. I mean, Caleb get laid more, out the get schedule. More, get more hopium than that. I dare you. Caleb laid out the schedule. If those guys play up to that, then yeah. It's 12 and 0 right there. Eh, that's what, but it's all they gotta they gotta move JA in the start lineup. Has to happen. He'll, he'll go through some rough spots, but by game six, he'll be ready to hit it. And I've seen we've, – we've all seen the freshman quarterback lead OU to, uh, to heights not seen. It was Jamel Holloway. Jerome Brown broke Troy Aikman's leg. Hopefully, DG doesn't have to have a, 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 his fibula broken but, uh, or his tibia broken. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going. We see a QB transition and things start to – Wide receivers downfield just start clicking. Can I say something real quick? I think there's yeah. this misconception, this false narrative that like freshman quarterbacks have traditionally not fared well. Like there are a ton of freshman quarterbacks 
who have come out the gates and killed it, not to mention our quarterback two seasons ago, right, who came in about game four and showed everybody that they could really play ball. By the way, the number one pick in the draft this year came in. Uh, was he a retro freshman when he came in and, and killed yeah. it? So like, it's not yeah. as if it's unprecedented in a day and age where kids are playing seven on seven offseason. By the way, it's bad for defense, but it's an absolute learning curve for offense. So DG played, he ran our offense. The kid's not starting from ground zero. He came in as an early enrollee. He played in the spring game and got a, 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 a possession with the ones or with a lot of the better guys. So I don't buy, though, he's going to slip up. DG slips up. Right? He slipped well, I mean, up when look, it mattered. So if, you know. Look at Drake saying, May at North Carolina. He just blew it up. But he was a redshirt <laughs> right. freshman. And he, he wasn't a five-star. He wasn't a five-star kid like J.A. I mean, sure, there's DJ Ugololis. They, they, they flame out sometimes. But, you know, there's you're a right. Rice. But they're coming in there. Freshmen have had a precedent yeah. of coming in and being successful. And I, I just I just have the notion and the feeling that he's a kid who's a gamer, a ball player, cerebral, and a leader. And those are the intangibles you want your quarterback to have. So I'm not even going to do the whole, he's going to like, he's not going to be a deer in the headlights. I believe he won't. That's that's just what I believe. And if he gets a chance, I expect to see the kid be successful. I'm not going to give him no passes. I'm not giving him no passes. You got to go out there and get it done, son. You're at Oklahoma. You're at the end of locked OU, bro. You're done. Straight All right. Up. All right, Matt, I think that's a, I think that's a great, great place to end. All right. Sounds good. Great episode, guys. It was a fun little round table. We hope to do these more often, especially as the season gets a little bit closer. Uh, and once again, subscribe to the podcast at Apple, Spotify, etc. We will be on YouTube soon. Head on over to Sooners360.com. We're doing some video breakdowns of what happened last Saturday in the spring game. Uh, we've got recruiting info that Chris is bringing to the board. We've got some insider notes as well. So sign up, subscribe to Sooners3.com, and we'll see everybody around the water cooler.